Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. I want us to go, uh, how about Mark 11? Go with me to Mark 11. The Bible is a record of men's encounters with God and God's encounter with men. And so we read it over and over. We go back to it because in the different accounts recorded in the word, we find answers for our lives. Isn't that right? How about when you look at Jairus and you see he's faced with an emergency? He's faced with a very critical emergency situation. When you realize that, then you can look at what Jesus said was the remedy and the help for an emergency, critical, life and death situation. What was his instruction at a time like this? Believe. He told him, only believe. Amen. Because when we're faced with an emergency, critical situation, the mind starts grasping, right? If you're not careful, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And you forget about the faith in your heart at a time like that. Because the assault of circumstances can be so strong on the mind that you forget. Wait a minute. My help is in me. And this is exactly what Jesus did when Jairus got word. Don't bother the master any longer. Your daughter is dead. Think of hearing those words. Life and death, critical emergency situation. And I love what the Amplified said, that Jesus overhearing but ignoring what they said, turned to Jairus and said, only believe. How many of you know those calming words for an emergency situation? That's why we go back time and time again to these accounts that are recorded in the Word because we find the answer for our situations when we look at their situations. Isn't that right? The woman with the issue of blood who had been in for 12 years a lingering condition, no hope medically, and this condition had used caused her to use up every bit of money she had. Now, she had a lot of money because it took her 12 years to get through it. And at the end of 12 years, she's got no more money, no more health, no more natural options. But I so love her is that she still got out of the house. Now, see, you can imagine when there has been blood leaving your body for 12 years, you're talking about a level of anemia that few ever have an experience with. You talk about no strength. You talk about uh, just, just dealing with yourself just on sheer gumption. Get yourself out of bed in the morning. Jesus did not show up at her house to make her healing easy. If you want it, go get it. She got up. She got out of her house when it would have been easier to lay in bed. She got up. She got out of her house. She went out where legally she was putting her life in jeopardy because a woman with a flow of blood in her situation was not allowed among the public. 
So she could have put herself at, she did put herself at great risk. But what we see in her is she would not resign herself to sickness. After 12 years, after a lingering condition, just because something has been a certain way a long time does not mean you have to be okay with that. And you do not have to resign yourself to, well, this is the way it's been. It does not have to be that way. And this is what we see about this woman. This woman had a desire that would not quit. That she kept going against everything of her body, everything of what she knew mentally about the risk of being in public. She went against that. She did not resign herself and just become okay and just accept it. That's what I so love about her. She never accepted it. And then what did she do? She, she did not wait for Jesus to come to her door. So many people are waiting for Jesus to show up at their need. She drug her need to where he was. She drug her body out to where help was. So many people will ask for the preacher to come to the house and pray for him. I tell you, real faith will drag yourself out. You drag yourself out. Because real faith will not let circumstances dictate where your, where your body goes. Amen. And so when we look at these kinds of encounters... We see answers for our life. That's why we go back. That's why the word records them. That's why when Brother Hagen would tell his stories over and over, I was born again at 20 minutes till 8 in the south bedroom of 405 North College Street in the city of McKinney, Texas. My husband and I, if we did not hear that statement in one of his conferences, we felt cheated. Why? I've got to hear your testimony. Why? Because in your testimony is the answer for my need. So don't be so narrow-minded and unperceiving that you're just hearing somebody's story. You're hearing your answers offered in the package of someone else's life. Amen. And so it's so important that when we feed on the word, we're not just reading the same thing over. We are looking for our answers for our, for our today and for our future. Amen. Full faith never comes with one hearing. Full faith never comes with one reading. It comes by again and again hearing it and getting it down on the inside of you. So what you're going to hear today, don't sit there and say, we know all this. If you've got everything manifested in your life that heaven has offered, then I might listen to you on that statement. But since none of us do... There's more. And we've got to keep hearing what brings us into the more. Amen. Um, Brother Norval Hayes, of course, we got the privilege of listening to him and being with him in his latter years. He went home to be with the Lord in October of 2018, so it's been a year now. But we have to remember this. These are men that walked with God, Brother Norval and Dad Hagen and Dr. Summerall. We need to go back to their experiences time with God, their experiences with God time and time again, because that's what we do with the Bible. We're going back to the experiences of men with God. That's what the Word is. And so when we go back to these different 
accounts and experiences that these men of God had that were part of our generation, we are honoring it as really God's help to our lives. It might not be recorded like this, but God gave us living examples in these men's experiences. So we need to go back, go through their materials, listen to their sermons, and thankfully we're in the day and age where we have so much record of them. But when you go back and you listen to Brother Norval Hayes, there's one account in particular when his daughter had 47 growths on her hands. They had been, met, they had been medically removed, but when they, after they were removed, they grew back. And, then, more, and then, then he said they brought their cousins with them. There came more. Every time that medically they tried to help her, it just ended up making it worse. And so she was in this situation to where she had these deformities all over her hands. And you can imagine as a young girl how that would impact you. But Brother Norval Hayes began, he was, a, he was part of a denomination that didn't teach him anything about faith or healing. But then the light started coming and God began to bring him into the light of healing and faith. And in his earlier years of ministry, he began seeing that, hey, healing is available. So what he did is he started praying, God heal my, God, heal my daughter, God heal my daughter, and prayed he said for three years every day wearing God's ear out so to speak waiting for God asking God to do something and after three years he's walking through his living room and as he's just living life as usual but because he would not resign himself you know he he realized I don't know enough or it wouldn't have taken three years but he wouldn't give up And because he wouldn't give up, if you seek, you'll find. Amen. But if you sit back and wait for something to drop on you, you're not going to find it. You have to seek it. And he was, although he didn't have the knowledge of the word that he eventually came into, he was praying and waiting for God to do something for his daughter. And he's walking through the living room of his house one day, and he said, all of a sudden, I stepped into a cloud. And he said, when I stepped into a cloud, my spirit left my body and I was in heaven. And he said, and I heard these words. And they weren't words like, son, I love you. You're just doing a great job, you know. (laughs) They were words of boldness. They were words that had a tone of displeasure in it. And this is what God said to him in that encounter. He said to him, how long? Are you going to put up with those gross on your daughter's body? That's what heaven said to him. Heaven didn't say, Jesus is the healer. Now, is that true? Yes. But that's not the instruction he needed. So many people, they think, well, if the Lord, the Lord loves me, I'll make it. If you don't know some things, the Lord loves you while you fail. You have to have some knowledge. The word tells us in Habakkuk, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Not not for lack of God loving them. God loves them. But love will not do for you. You can't just say, well, the Lord loves me. Everything will work out all right. Everything works out all right when you start doing what he said. And Brother Norval didn't know some things. 
And there was a tone of displeasure in this voice that spoke to him in heaven and said, How long are you going to put up with those gross on your daughter's body? Notice this. We see something in this that she was under his authority. If he believed, her life showed his, his faith. If he did not believe, her life would show his doubt. Your children's lives are reflecting what you do or do not believe. So that means, parents, you have authority over your children. That means you need to make sure that your authority is blessing your children. Amen. And Brother Norval thought, well, my goodness, the gross aren't on me. Why is he yelling at me? Because he was the one in authority over the daughter. Meaning this, the daughter would have what he put up with. Brother Norval asked Jesus, what do you mean? And he said, I said, how long are you going to put up with those gross on your daughter's body? If you will curse those things in my name, they will die and disappear. Now listen to that. If you will believe and doubt not, just like I did with the fig tree Talk to it. That's a mountain in your life. Talk to it. Tell it what you want done. And it will obey you if you do it in my name. Curse the roots of those growths. They will die and wither away and disappear if you will believe and not doubt. That is a word from heaven. You understand that? So Brother Norville said, when I came back to the earth, he said, I walked into my daughter's room. And he said, she had a friend, a guy she was dating at the time. And the devil, he said all these thoughts, don't go do it now, my goodness, you're going to embarrass her. Listen, when there's something to be dealt with, it's not about your pride. She walked, he walked right into her bedroom, put his hands on her, and cursed those gross. He had just come back from heaven. That's the time to do it. When the anointing is on you, right? Walked right in, put his hands on her body, and cursed those gross and commanded them to disappear. That moment, they did not disappear. But that's not the issue. Jesus said, if you'll believe and not doubt. So he's letting him know there's a passing of time that you're going to have to deal with. Make sure during that passing of time, you don't change what you believe and change your, change your believing into doubt. So he said for 40 days from then on, he said, thank God she is redeemed from those. Thank God she's healed of those. I thank you, Father, that your power is working and those things are dried up at the root. And said for 40 days that she is after this. She's one day in her bedroom and she had taken all the clothes out of her closet. She was organizing it or purging it or something. And she had all of her clothes laying on the bed and she went to hang them back up. And she's hanging them up, uh, hanging the hangers, putting the hangers back on the rod in the closet. And then all of a sudden, 
One time, they're there. She reaches back, gets hot clothes, goes to put it up, and they're gone. And she takes off screaming because it scared her. That's all right. He said, Brother Norville said, I knew it was going to happen. I didn't know when, but I refused to doubt. Don't be concerned about the wins. When is my answer going to show up? Because faith is not interested so much as when. Faith is interested in standing firm. The quicker you quit looking at the clock, the quicker it will show up. The more you look at the clock and the calendar, God is let, you're, you're, you're being swayed. You're interested in the wrong thing. When all of your interest is off of the clock and off of the calendar, how long is this going to take? You're not ready yet. Amen. So I have listened to Brother Norville's account of this many times. Why? Because my answers are in it. You say, what are you facing? No, not the same thing. But the thing is, is I'm going to have, I want to stock answers in my future. For things that maybe not have not even shown up, but if I get this in me, then I'll know what to do when I'm faced with things that he's faced with. So the thing that stands out to me is this phrase. How long are you going to put up with dot, dot, dot? For him, it was the gross on his daughter's hands. But for us, specifically, that's what the word was for. But generally, the same thing is asked to us. How long are you going to put up with? And then you fill in the blank. What are you putting up with? So many people are waiting for God to do something. And he's waiting for them to quit putting up with something. Amen. Jesus was not pleased that he was putting up with this. What we're putting up with, that Jesus paid such a price for us to be free from, does not please him. Well, he loves me. Yes, but just because someone loves you doesn't mean they're pleased. I don't want him to just love me. I want him pleased with me. I want him pleased. It cost him too much. Amen. How long are you going to put up with? Now, how long is that which you're putting up with going to stay as long as you put up with it? You determine how long these things stay in your life that you don't want in your life. How long sickness stays. How long symptoms stays. You're the one that determines it, not God. How long depression stays? How long fearful thoughts stay? How long worry stays? How long panic attacks are in your life? How long mental disturbance? How long inability to sleep? How long are you going to put up with this? How long? How long? 
Now, when Jesus asked that, you can, you can just tell in the way of the wording of that sentence. How long are you going to put up with this is not the tone. It's how long. You can tell by the way he worded it. The displeasure. Not because he's mad at you, but he, he paid a price for you to never be slave again. He paid a price for you not to be slave, and it displeases him to see you settle for the position of slavery. Sickness will make a slave out of you. It'll tell you when you go to the doctor. It'll tell you how much medicine you got. It'll, it'll run your life. You have to cater to it. How long are you going to put up with not enough money? How long? How long? How long? How long are you going to put up with things going wrong? Now, sometimes, don't misunderstand me. Sometimes people are out of the plan of God. And as long as they're out of the plan of God, they're going to have put up with a lot of stuff. But I'm talking about people who say, you know something, I want to be right. And I want to be living out the plan God, God has for me. Now, I've seen this about God, that if you're missing it and you don't know where you're missing it, if you will at least start standing on the word while you're standing on the word, light will come of where you're missing it. Because sometimes some corrections have to be made. But let me just say this. While Brother Norval, if he would have gone into his daughter's room, if there would have been something maybe he wasn't obeying God in, say in ministry or something, when he goes to address those things, while he speaks and releases his authority, you take your hands off my daughter. I guarantee you while he's standing in faith for that, the Holy Ghost is going to help tweak anything in his life. Why? So that his faith won't be hindered. Why? He's released his faith. He's standing in faith, but his faith is hindered by some disobedience or just, just not fulfilling the plan of God, not interested in the plan of God. But while you're acting on the word is when God shows you other things where you're not acting on the word. That's when your help comes. So go ahead and act on the word you do know. And what you don't know that you need to know will be made known to you. Does that make sense to you? So don't get tripped up over, well, I don't, maybe there's something else. Just do this part that I'm talking about today. And if there is something more, you will at least be in position to hear because you're acting on the word. You'll at least be in position to hear anything else that he might need to say to you for your faith to be effective. Amen. So how long are you, we going to have something we don't want in our life as long as we put up with it? Amen. Can I tell you this? Most people don't even recognize what they're putting up with. How long are you going to put up with an undisciplined thought life? How long are you going to put up with carnality, which is a wide open door to the devil in your life? How long? How long are you going to put up with keeping things out of order in your life? putting your job before your spiritual call. How long are you going to put up with that? Amen. But as I said, a lot of times people are putting up with things they don't realize they're putting up with because what they have put up with has just become so much a part of life. They've accepted it. 
Well, praise the Lord. We will have in our life what we put up with. Now, let me take it a step further. Our life that we're living right now is a picture of what we're currently putting up with. Our lives are full right now of what we're putting up with. If we don't like what we have, we need to quit putting up with it. Amen? I love Brother Norville would say to a crippled man, how long are you going to put up with those crooked legs? How long are you going to put up with it? If you give that crooked leg a choice, it will remain crooked. If you give symptoms a choice, they'll remain. That's why you don't give them a choice. You run it out. You are not the victim of symptoms. Well, I'm trying. Well, there's something that's missing then. Being silent and not talking to it, you're giving it a choice to stay. By being silent... And by not talking to it, you are giving it a choice to stay. And it will stay. Things will stay out of place. Have you ever gone to a chiropractor and something's out of place and they say, you'll have to come back ten times because we'll put this back in place, but it's more used to being out of place than in place. And we have to keep putting it back in place until it gets accustomed, till the muscles relax and the muscles allow it to stay in place. I mean, even physically, they know that the body, if it's left out of place, it will just stay out of place. Someone has to demand. A chiropractor, physically speaking, is demanding that that joint or that vertebrae or something go back into place. They're putting a demand on it. And anytime it slips back out, they put it right back, right? Because if you give anything a choice that's out of place, it will stay out of place. What is it? What is, if I could say this, what is it in your ability that's going to put things back in place? What you say. Your mouth is going to put things out of place, back into place. And if you don't talk to things, they will have their choice to stay the way they are. Your silence is their permission to stay out of place. And you just can't say, well, my spouse does that. My spouse does the praying. Well, your spouse might do the praying, but your spouse can't do your talking for you. Amen. And things will stay out of place until we talk to them, until we demand that they go back in place and be as they should. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.